0: Well, hi again, and welcome back. This is Nurse Mo and the Straight A Nursing Podcast, where I teach nursing concepts and share tips on how to thrive in nursing school and at the bedside. So, in this episode today, I'm taking you through what periop clinicals are like. So, if your school arranges for you to have a perioperative clinical experience, count yourself as really lucky. They're really dynamic, fast-paced, kind of fun environments. You'll have lots of opportunities to learn, maybe get to do a few cool things, though it might be mostly observation, but again, a great clinical experience. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Before we do that, I want to take a quick minute for a listener shout out. And this one goes out to Meredith. So hey, Meredith, thank you so much for submitting this. And here's what Meredith said. Nurse Mo is hands down my secret weapon in nursing school. I used her Crucial Concepts boot camp before I started. I listened to the Straighty Nursing podcast all the time. And now I have the study set. I cannot recommend her enough. The way she breaks down concepts just makes it so easy to understand. No matter where you are in your nursing journey, this podcast will benefit you, whether it be to just freshen up on your knowledge or to finally grasp the concept of something you've been struggling with. Thank you, Nurse Mo. Well, thank you, Meredith. That was awesome. Thanks for taking the time to submit that review of the podcast, as well as Boot Camp and Study Sesh. I hope that you're doing fantastic in your program. Please reach out to me when you graduate so we can celebrate together. Okay, so let's dive in. I've talked a lot about med surge clinicals on this podcast, but another great clinical, like I mentioned earlier, that you may get to do is in that perioperative environment. So I did my perioperative clinicals in my first semester of nursing school, but it really could be any time. It just depends on how your school organizes it. And depending on where you are in the program, it might affect how much you can do. We'll talk about that in just a moment. For me, it was more observation than anything else. And I really appreciated in a way like having a clinical day where I wasn't really responsible for a lot. I just got to go and absorb and soak it in and learn and experience some really interesting, diverse environments. So if you get to do this clinical, yay for you. So what is peri-op? What does that mean? So the perioperative period is divided into three distinct stages. So there's preoperative, there's the operative stage where the patient is in surgery, and then postoperative, or you may hear it called recovery, the recovery room, or the PACU, which is post-anesthesia care unit. And the patient will go through each stage every time they have an operative procedure, every time they have a surgery. So let's talk a bit about what happens in each of these areas and what the experience might be like for you as a student. So the pre-op stage is where the patient goes to get prepared for surgery, And if you've ever had surgery, you kind of already have an idea of what goes on here. But things that happen in this area include all that pre-op paperwork, including that oh-so-important consent form. So the surgeon will either explain it to the patient prior to them coming to the hospital, or maybe they've gone up to their room, if the patient is a patient in the hospital at that time, and explain the procedure. Sometimes they come down to pre-op and explain the procedure. But at some point, you're going to have to get the consent form signed. Now, if the surgeon has not yet marked the operative site and done any of that pre-op querying about the patient, you know, here's the surgery, do you understand, do you accept the risk and benefits and all of that, then they will come and do that in the pre-op area. It will just depend on their workflow, if the patient's inpatient or outpatient, etc. So even though the surgeon provides the information for informed consent, the surgeon doesn't get the paperwork and take it over to the patient and say, okay, sign this form, That's going to be something that the nurse in the pre-op area does. They print out the form. They fill it out with all the pertinent information. And this will all be written in a physician order, obtain consent for whatever, whatever, whatever procedure, um, provided to the patient, say, do you have any additional questions for your surgeon? And if the patient says no, ask them if they're ready to sign their consent form. They usually say yes, and they sign the consent form. So that happens, and it's very important that that happens before the patient goes to the OR. The anesthesiologist will also come by at some time during that pre-op period to assess the patient, talk about pain management, talk about the type of anesthesia that they're going to be giving, and then they may place a block, like a nerve block, or someone from what we call at my hospital, the pain team, which is a separate anesthesiologist that comes by and places blocks. Sometimes those are done in the pre-op area. Other times blocks are placed in the OR. Sometimes they're placed in the recovery room, but you may see this happen in the pre-op period. So that would be a really interesting opportunity to watch kind of a cool procedure. So the nurse is going to be really busy in this pre-op stage. They're going to start an IV, give any fluids that are ordered. Typically, all patients get an antibiotic. That's called a prophylactic antibiotic. It's not because they have an infection. It's because we are putting them at super high risk for infection with surgery. So we're going to give them antibiotic to help prevent that infection. We're also going to probably give them some Tylenol. Most patients get a pre-op Tylenol. The nurse will be doing things like drawing labs, um, getting any specific pre-op labs, such as a type and screen in case the patient is anticipated to have a lot of blood loss, a CBC, electrolytes, creatinine, an ABG may be drawn, all kinds of things that will help the surgeon and the anesthesiologist do their best to keep the patient safe during the procedure. A lot of times a patient will get a pre-op EKG in the facility where I work. If the individual is over the age of 50 and a male or a female over the age of 60 and they haven't had an EKG done in about six months, they're going to get a pre-op EKG. Some patients may get an x-ray if that pertains to their condition. And then if the patient has, let's say the patient comes in and they have a pacemaker and they're going in for surgery for their hip or some other, just even a non-pacemaker related surgery, the pre-op nurse calls the pacemaker company, the device maker, to see if it has been evaluated recently. So sometimes the anesthesiologist will want like the pacemaker technician to be in the OR in some cases if they're not sure about the pacemaker function pregnancy tests will be administered as needed. And there's just a lot to do. And luckily, there's this pre-op checklist. You might get a chance to check out what's on the pre-op checklist when you do your clinicals there. And it's it's going to be just this quick form. Well, not so quick because there's a lot on it, but a form so that nobody misses any of the key things. So the pre-op nurse will fill out the pre-op checklist. And then when the Nurse comes to pick up the patient for surgery, going through the pre-op checklist, making sure they have everything that they need, everything's been checked up that they need. And that includes like making sure there's uh, recent vital signs on there, making sure the patient's last PO intake is charted, their last void, what time their last void was, any prep that was required, such as removing any hair or using a special antibacterial soap or whatever it may be. All those things are going to be part of that pre-op checklist. And a really big one on that pre-op checklist is, is the consent form signed? Yes, hopefully by now it is. So it's a really busy, it's a fast-paced environment. There's a lot to do in a relatively short period of time. So it's kind of an exciting place to work. Now, the nurse, if they have time, hopefully they do, they may do some patient teaching for the patient about what they can expect post-op. It really depends on how much time there is before the patient has to go into surgery. If it's an emergent surgery, they're going to hustle and get that patient back there. But the patient may be in pre-op for a little while. So doing patient teaching about what to expect post-operatively, Um, some ideas about how their pain could be approached and managed, how to use a pain score, how to use the incentive spirometer, the importance of coughing, deep breathing, all those key things. So as a student in this area for a clinical experience, it's probably mostly going to be observation. But depending on what you've been cleared to do by your school, you could potentially get a ton of practice starting IVs. If your school has cleared you on IVs and your hospital says it's okay for students to start IVs with supervision, then everyone that comes into pre app gets an IV. You're gonna get a lot of practice doing that. If you're a first semester student, you won't be doing that yet, but you could do things maybe like spiking IV bags, priming tubing, setting up pumps if pumps are being used, calculating drip rates when pumps aren't used, and you're flowing things in by gravity. So that's kind of the pre-op area in a nutshell. You may or may not have a pre-op clinical experience. The only reason I went to pre-op was I didn't actually go to pre-op for a semester. I went to my other peri-op clinicals for a semester, but we didn't have a pre-op experience. So when I was a fourth semester student and had been cleared to start IVs with supervision, I requested that one of my preceptor clinical days be in pre-op so that I could practice starting IVs. And I got to do so many IVs that day, I got pretty good at it over the course of just one day. So that was awesome. So if you're lucky, you'll get to do that at some point in your nursing school rotation. And again, of course, it really depends on your school and what they will allow you to do.
1: Hi, everyone. It's Jean Chatsky, host of the Her Money podcast. For seven years, my show has been changing the relationships women have with money. Because make no mistake, when it comes to money, women are different. We face challenges that men don't. Longer lifespans, caregiving, a gender pay gap that just won't quit. Oh, and the fact that the financial industry was built by men for men. We need information specifically for us presented without jargon in a judgment-free zone. And that's what the Her Money podcast is all about. Every week, we talk about earning more, spending smart, investing to build the life you want, and protecting yourself from disaster. Subscribe to Her Money with Jean Chatsky wherever you get your podcasts. Because when you own your money you own your life.
0: Okay, so another great clinical experience in that peri app environment is a surgical clinical experience going to the operating room. Now, this is strictly 100% observation, okay? I will tell you a bit about my clinical experience in the OR. I was super nervous because I had never been in an operating room aside from being a little girl and I had to have surgery. But aside from that, I had never been in an OR as, you know, a grown-up adult, right? So I didn't really know what to expect. First of all, I had no idea where to go. I think my clinical instructor just told me the OR is on the third floor, you're looking for this surgery with this doctor. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll figure it out. So I, you know, make my way down there. I have no idea where to go. No one told me where the locker room was, where to change into surgical scrubs, where to put my belongings. I think I just found an empty locker and hoped for the best. So Got dressed. Okay, that was the first hurdle. And then I didn't know where the OR suite was. It's like a maze back there. So I just kind of started wandering through the hallways, feeling really awkward, feeling really out of place, feeling like an interloper, right? Like, should I really even be here? (laughs) Am I going to get in trouble? Am I wearing the right stuff? Like, I had no idea. So finally, I think someone, you know, saw me and was like, oh, hey, blah, blah, blah. Are you here for, you know, maybe they were expecting a student here for such and such surgery. Oh, yes, thank goodness. Okay, yes, this is where I'm supposed to be. So I get into the OR area where I'm supposed to be, wash my hands, put on a surgical gown or a bunny suit. I can't remember what I wore. Bunny suits are kind of like coveralls. It's like a, looks like those foot pajamas, the pajamas with the feet in it. So maybe you'll have to put on a bunny suit or a surgical gown um I went into the OR then with one of the techs and I'm just like the only one in there and um feeling really weird again okay so this was a totally awkward experience for a good part of the morning No one told me that I was supposed to put on a mask before I went into the sterile OR. So when the circulating nurse came in and said, who's in my OR without a mask? I felt really called out. I felt like an idiot. I felt horrible. I thought, oh my gosh, they're going to have to totally reclean the whole room. No, they didn't because I wasn't anywhere near the sterile equipment. But I still felt bad. And I had kind of wished that my clinical instructor had told me these things ahead of time, which is why I'm sharing them with you. So. I got my mask on and came back in, and the circulating nurse told me exactly where to stand so that I would be able to see the surgery and not be in anyone's way. I feel like I spent an inordinate amount of time as a nursing student feeling like I must be in somebody's way right now. Always like, I got to get out of their way. I'm in somebody's way. Anyway, in the surgery suite, they told me exactly where to stand. I stayed in that spot and I did not budge from that spot. So I had a really good vantage point. I could see the surgery. It was a laparoscopic hernia repair. And so there was a big screen and I could see everything that the surgeon was seeing. And the surgeon was fantastic, explained what he was doing and what he was seeing and all the different anatomical structures. And I'll tell you, anatomy, when you're looking at it through a laparoscopic procedure, looks a lot different than when you're looking at it in your anatomy book. I'm just saying, surgeon's grasp of anatomy is just absolutely phenomenal. So that was really cool to see all of that stuff just kind of come to life. And Throughout my whole nursing school experience, I only got to see three surgeries total. One was that hernia repair, and then the two others were cesarean section surgeries that I saw when I was in labor delivery. So I really appreciated all of those opportunities. So some tips for your OR clinical. You will be changing into surgical scrubs, possibly also putting on a bunny suit or a sterile gown of some kind. You'll definitely be doing some pretty significant hand hygiene, putting on regular gloves. You're not wearing sterile gloves. You're not going to be touching anything. So you'll be putting on regular gloves and a mask. Don't be like I was and not know that. And of course, you're also going to cover your hair with some kind of a surgical cap. And then when you get into the OR suite, you know, you should be escorted because they don't want you just roaming around. Ask the circulating nurse or one of the techs, but preferably the circulating nurse because they kind of run the flow of the room. Ask them where a good place to observe from is. Okay, Uh, or someone may just tell you, stand over here. You'll be able to see everything and you won't be in anybody's way. Uh, The anesthesiologist may have you stand next to them or invite you to stand next to them, which is really cool because then you get to learn a lot about anesthesia as well. Again, don't touch anything. Okay, if you're not sure what to do with your hands, just keep them clasped in front of you stay hyper vigilant of what is going on around you and never do anything that could break a sterile field. In fact, just stay as far away from the sterile field as you can just to be safe. And and what I mean by being hyper vigilant like if you're standing in a spot, don't like take steps back without turning to look before you go. Like things like that. Like just be very aware of where things are and where everybody is in the room. Something students ask about is if they tend to be queasy. Some students don't like the sight of blood. They're not used to that yet. Um, And they're worried that they could, you know, pass out during their OR clinical experience. So what I would say to that is make sure you eat a breakfast and you are hydrated, okay? And then just being aware of your reaction to what you're seeing, what you're hearing, and what you're smelling. So visually, if you're seeing things that are causing you discomfort, you can look away, okay? I would not advise closing your eyes because then you could fall over and fall into something that is really important that you should not be disrupting. But look away. Look at another part of the room, okay? Give yourself a moment to acclimate to that. The smells is probably one of the harder things, and it's very unexpected. So when the surgeon is cauterizing tissue, there is an odor, and it's a very distinctive smell, and it's rather unpleasant. I've heard that if you work in the OR, you do get used to this over time, so just be aware of that, and you can take shallow breaths through your mouth, but then, you know, honestly, you might taste it a little bit. So Just be aware that that could happen, okay, so that you're not completely taken off guard by the smell of what is essentially burning flesh. And then after the surgery, be sure to thank everybody. Thank the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, the circulating nurse, the scrub techs, anybody who helped you and, you know, helped guide you through this procedure, shared information with you. It's just they were very gracious and supportive to allow students into the OR, and you just want to make sure that they understand how appreciative you are. And then if your school has organized your clinical in such a way that you follow the same patient to the recovery room, then you get to go to the recovery room or the PACU which is where I actually work now. So if you want to learn a lot more about what the recovery room is like, then check out episode 238. I'll link to that in the episode notes as well. So in the PACU, this is where patients recover from surgery. And this involves all kinds of things. Okay, so one of the key things is maintaining a patent airway. Lots of times patients will have airway issues when they're coming out of surgery because they're still pretty deeply anesthetized, providing oxygen support, and then weaning that oxygen. So knowing how to wean off oxygen in an appropriate way as the patient recovers monitoring vital signs. So in addition to their oxygen levels and their respiratory rate, you're also looking for things like hypotension, hypertension, bradycardia, tachycardia. These are all very commonly addressed. Hypothermia, being too cold. We do a lot of warming of patients in the recovery room. You will be monitoring the surgical site, looking for any complications, which usually is going to be bleeding. So that might be a saturated dressing, a hematoma, things like that. And then any condition-related assessments, such as vascular assessments. If your patient got a vascular surgery, you're on those vessels like a hawk watching for good blood flow. Neuro assessments on a lot of patients, patients getting a carotid endarterectomy or at high-risk for stroke, you're going to be doing neuro assessments on them, anyone with obviously a brain surgery, neuro assessments on them, etc. And then of course, pain management is a huge part of recovery room nursing. With that comes also watching for complications, which are mainly going to be respiratory in nature, dealing with nausea. There's lots of non-pharmacologic nausea interventions, and you can learn about all of those with a Few hours in the pack you. So, as a student in that environment, you're probably not giving IV push meds. Most schools don't allow students to give IV push meds, and especially if you're doing this early on in nursing school. So, And since that's the main way we give meds in the PACU, you're probably not going to be giving or administering medications, but you could help set up IV fluids, for instance. Ask somebody if you can help with that. You could help program a pump with supervision. Just kind of learn how it works. Walk through it with the nurse. Hopefully they have time to do that. You can hold an airway. You know, do the chin lift, the jaw thrust. You learned that in your BLS. You are BLS certified. You can provide oxygen. You can help patients with their nausea, like I mentioned, with non-pharmacological pain management like ice packs, positioning, uh, splinting, etc. You can assess pulses. You're looking at that vascular assessment. Assess groin sites for patients that are coming back from cath lab if your facility has a cath lab. Do neuro assessments, learn about drains, uh, and learn just essentially how a patient recovers from anesthesia. And I can tell you, no two recoveries are the same. So, your periop clinical day, again, will likely be a pretty light day. And by light, I mean, you're not responsible for anything, really. It's mostly going to be observation. You probably won't have a care plan to write up, most likely. Maybe a reflection, like a reflection paper on what you experienced, what you saw, what you learned, etc. You may have post-conference if your school does that, but overall, it's a really fun clinical experience. So there you have it. A little bit of an insight into your periop clinical rotation, which I really hope you get to do. And if you're a new student, I want to make sure you know about Crucial Concepts Boot Camp. That's one of the things that Meredith and my listener shout out said really helped her. So Crucial Concepts Bootcamp is a nursing school prep course. It teaches foundation concepts so that when you go into school, you're not hearing them for the very first time. It teaches Medical terminology, abbreviations, dosage calculations, care plans giving report and a bunch of other clinical tips, taking notes, tackling NCLEX style questions, getting organized, like there's a ton of information in there. And students tell me over and over and over again how they went from feeling apprehensive, anxious, nervous, scared, terrified about nursing school to feeling confident and ready. And that is exactly the transformation that I want for you. So I will put a link to boot camp in the episode notes so that you can check it out. You can also just go to straightanursingstudent.com and click on courses in the menu bar and you'll get to it that way. Okay, so I will see you back here next week. We're going to dive into vascular assessment. So see you then. Bye for now. This podcast is brought to you by Straight A Nursing.